Oh, shit. To the big topic in women's MMA, Frank Posenville. Don't forget to check out my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Also, if we So, uh, before we get started, a big, uh, I think a quick comment about uh, WrestleMania weekend, because that was last weekend, eh? And um, my first comment on it is, with a two-night deal, all right, the first, the first half was not so good, and the half was, for the most part, really good. What is that noise? I have no idea. I'm just sitting here. All right. Anyway, so the, the first part was not so good. The second part was a lot better. Second night was, in general, not that good. And the best matches were the three matches on the first night. Uh, it was, um, you know, uh, Bianca versus Becky Lynch. The um, uh, Seth Rollins versus uh, Dust, uh, sorry, Cody Rhodes. And the thing with uh, uh, Kevin Owens and Steve Austin. Night two just wasn't as good. There was just too much uh, silly stuff on there that Vince seems to like to do. I don't know why. As for the um, uh, NXT TakeOver show, uh, you know, just too many false finishes. And I just didn't care for the show very much. It wasn't one of their better efforts. Okay. And I want to point out that uh, uh, um, Hikaru Shida is back in AEW. She was in Japan recently, and she's going back to Japan next month. So I don't know how they're working around that with her. She's go, planning to go back to Japan every other month. So I really don't know how they're going to work, on, work with that. But um, I don't expect her to be champion anytime soon if she's not around. All right. So let's move on to uh, – they were off last week. We've got – the matches from the week before from uh, the uh, first match was uh, Alexa Grasso beat uh, Joanne Wood uh, with a first round rear naked choke. And I wasn't surprised that Alexa, Alexa won. I was surprised, of course, that she won by submission because she's never done before. She doesn't really have a ground game to speak of. But this is more about Joanne Wood's decline. Sean, I think maybe it's time she started thinking about starting a family. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's her, it, it's her choice. She's, she's obviously on a losing streak. She doesn't have the cachet she used to. Um, I never want to tell a fighter what to do. She hasn't taken tremendous. So it's not. It doesn't seem like she has anymore. She seems to step slow. I don't know if that's age, and I don't know if that's just a matter of want to. And if it's a matter of want to, then it's better for her to get out early than to stay late. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, this was at the top of the card, and, and she shouldn't be at the top of the card anymore. No, they, they were using her as a... That's what they've used her for, if you think about it. The people who've beaten her have gone on title fights or number one contender spots. Because Joanne Joanne Woods been so, for the most part, fairly consistent and has never really just gotten totally outclassed in a fight. You can use her to build up another fighter, and that's essentially what they've done for the last 
couple of title challengers, and now they they use her to build up Alexa Grasso as well. She didn't perform badly, but much like she always does, she was she she was sloppy and in initiating her offense, throwing naked kicks, going for spinning elbows. That that's really not her game. She should have kept it to the fundamentals, and she maybe she could have extended the fight and possibly had a chance to chop down and slow down Alexa Grasso. But instead of sticking to her playing her game, she was trying to match Grasso's speed and athleticism and creativity and essentially gave up a takedown that ended the fight. And um, it's it, it's an inexcusable mistake from someone with her kind of experience. But it's a mistake she's consistently starting to make throughout her career. So maybe it is time for her to, to, to take a step away. So uh, Alexa, uh, I don't think she's going to get a title shot next, but I have a pretty good idea who her next opponent might be because we're going to talk about her in a couple of minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about her in a couple of minutes. So why don't we uh, move on to the next one, and we'll talk. We, I have a pretty good idea who her next opponent is going to be. All right. Okay. So on the second fight, we had uh, Sarah McMahon, who's now forty years old, returning from a long layoff from two knee surgeries, okay? And she beat, um, uh, what was her name now? Carol Rosa? Yeah, Carol Rosa, that's right. Now, uh, they mentioned on the broadcast that um, uh, Sarah has actually left Team Alpha Male, and she hired her own gym husband in Sacramento. This is what she did back home in North Carolina. She basically uh, owned her own gym with her time boyfriend. This is a different guy. And um, let me say this about this fight. I thought that Carol fought an extremely stupid fight. Okay? What is it with Brazilian fighters? When they get on the bottom, they don't try to get up. Okay? They think that they can finish a fight from the bottom, which sometimes you can, but it's more likely, especially against somebody like Sarah, who's a really good wrestler, is probably the idea to try and do that. The idea is get up. Okay, don't stay on the bottom. And and she got yelled at after the second round by uh, uh, Prana, her coach, uh, yelled at her, and she was actually better in the third round. But she, if he had fallen away in the first two rounds, she would have won. But instead, she followed the radio for the first two. Yeah, um, she's not. She's not a great athlete. She's not a big striker as far as knockout power. Um, she was going to have to force scrambles and really focus on her footwork to make Sarah have issues getting the takedown or uh, maintaining position in the takedown. Um, I don't know what she was thinking. Even on the feet, she was playing it safe because she was fearful of getting clinched up or getting taken down, and that just made it that much easier for Sarah McMahon. If she really wanted to change her and throw some real heat and take a chance, playing safe was not going to be enough for her to beat Sarah McMahon. Well, what Sarah did, especially in the first round, really amounted to lay and pray, right? And and um, I didn't. I wasn't impressed with her, but well, that, like that's I all said, Sarah has to do. She she still even at her age, she's still one of the better athletes in thirty five or featherweight. Nobody can match her wrestling pedigree unless you have a certain level of athleticism or grappling skill that most of the girls don't have. She doesn't have to do any damage. She doesn't have to look for submissions. She can just take girls down and lay on. She really can. She has that option because of her 
wrestling experience and her physical tools. She doesn't have to make it exciting. She can easily go on a four or five win streak just wrestling girls. Well, I, I, think, I think that's going to be her new approach because when she's tried for submissions recently or she's tried to get in striking exchanges, she's paid a heavy price for it. When she could have just played it safe and even if she lost, would have lost a would would have lost without taking punishment. Well, I just didn't think she, I wasn't impressed with her. I just didn't think Carol fought particularly well. Yeah, I was never I was never impressed with her. I was gonna have to fight. Carol was gonna have to take big chances, or she was gonna have to fight a perfect fight to have a chance. She did not fight a perfect fight, and she did not take chances. So, what else did you think was gonna happen? Well, she just it was it was not good. All nope. right, so the third fight. Uh, we had Manon Firo, or how you pronounce it, uh, beat um, uh, Jennifer Maya by unanimous decision. Now, uh, Manon's initial original uh, opponent was supposed to be Jessica I a few weeks ago, and she uh, got injured and had to pull out. So they made a yeah. Quick- she would have knocked out Jessica I. with that same performance. She would have knocked Jessica I out. Well, I, I think what happened here is Manon. Uh, they looked at the, her and her coach, Aldrich Casada. They looked at footage of, of Jennifer, and they realized that it was probably going to be tough to get a finish on her because she doesn't like to engage with anybody. But she used that sidekick to keep her off her, and she scored enough to get the win. And and the thing is, that's about Jennifer Maya. It's tough to finish her, but. She outclassed her pretty easily. I, I thought she did a pretty good job. And considering that she had a short time to prepare, uh, well, she did fine. She she did fine, but it, it, it sets up some of the problems. First of all, Mano needs to get more, more on her jab. The sidekick she uses to maintain distance, to break up her opponent's momentum, and, and occasionally do damage. But that sidekick, one, takes a lot of energy. And two, once somebody realizes you're going to it automatically, it's easier to counter. It's for takedowns, it's easier to counter with strikes. If she had a jab, then that strike then that sidekick becomes more effective. Because the jab, you can snap out, you can snap out hundreds of jabs around quicker and with, with less energy than you can a sidekick. And secondly, when somebody tries to step around you to get around the jab or angle in. Now you have the sidekick. The sidekick's lined up with their body, and the sidekick becomes a more devastating weapon. So she needs to add that to her toolkit because people are starting to realize her reliance on that sidekick. And for the better girls in the vision, they are more durable. That sidekick is not going to be enough. Um, Maya, as usual, Maya, as usual, did not do enough. Maya had moments to win the fight. But as you said before, Maya won't go for the kill. She's a safety-first fighter. So even when she had moments where she could have really pressed Manon, when Manon was fading, she didn't have the guts to. She didn't throw the body. She didn't really fight for takedowns. She didn't really ever take a chance to win the fight. And that fight, at certain moments, within her grasp of winning. But she chose to be safety first once again and give a tough fight, not a smart one. And it ended up having another high-profile loss. But in this loss, she was competitive. So it seems like she's on Manon's level. In actuality, her toughness is what allowed her to be competitive more so than any technical technical adjustments she made. She's the same fighter when she came into the UFC two, three years ago. And it's pretty embarrassing that she hasn't improved. Well, Schwan, I think that Manon used the sidekick a little more than she normally did because of who the, because of who the opponent was. 
I, I, and, and you know what? I, I get that, but there were a couple instances, and, and and this is just my experience. This is my preference when I when I've coached guys or I've held guys. It's easier to have the same effect the psychic has with a jab. Yeah, you don't damage him a certain way, but she wasn't really hurting Maya. And after a certain point, Maya kept coming over the top or pushing her into the cage. If you have a jab and decent footwork, that never happens. You can faint with a jab. You can't really faint with a sidekick against somebody who's not being hurt by a sidekick. So once the sidekick got overused, Maya started walking through it. Manon was getting dramatically tired because that sidekick takes a lot, a lot, a lot of energy. Well, I, I, I think what's going to happen next is that, like, she called out Caitlin Chikagi, which that's not going to be her next opponent. Her next opponent is going to be Alexa Grasso. That's going to be a tough fight. Uh, I think she'll win. I, I don't think Alexa, there's a way to beat Alexa. She will win, but that's going to be a real fight. This guy was going to be a real fight. For my, Alexa Grasso has a chance to beat her. I'm not saying she does, but this is the first girl she's facing who can actually really beat her if she fights at her best, in my opinion. Okay, let's move on to UFC 273 for this Saturday. And uh, on the main card, we have at Strawweight, we have uh, Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Tisha Torres. And now Mackenzie looked awful in the last fight, and she uh, said in an interview this week that she actually blew out her knee a week before the fight, and she decided to do it anyway. So now we know what happened. Okay, she's had surgery, and so she, you know, she should be back to normal. But there was something obviously wrong with her during that fight. I think she should have dropped out, Sean. And yep. I think she should have dropped out. I don't like it when fighters do stuff like that because it makes them look bad. And yeah, it's like if, if you if you couldn't if you couldn't execute, then just go to fight. Don't lose the fight and then tell me, oh, this is why. You might as well just keep that to yourself. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't like that she did that. And you know, if she's back to normal she, Okay, because Tisha yeah. Torres is not in her league. She's another one who likes to use the sidekick one. And yeah, the difference is she's a short a short stocky fighter, not a long one. That's not right. a great one either. Yeah, so I, I just think that that if if uh, Mackenzie is back to normal and she's doing what Jason Perillo tells her to do, then she'll win fights. Mackenzie, her size and her physicality, should win her the fight. I don't know if her wrestling has actually gotten better, but if she, if she resorts to her wrestling, she's going to have a hard time against Taurus. Taurus should be able to take her down and get back up and then make it a striking fight again. And if she tries to take Taurus down, Taurus should be able to get right back up and make it a striking fight again. Taurus is going to throw more volume. She she throws a, a vital wider variety of strikes, but Taurus doesn't have power. So every four or five strikes that Taurus lands, Mackenzie um, lands one clean one, we're, we're right back at scratch. The difference is going to be Mackenzie Dern's athleticism side, which is really the difference in most of her fights when she's unable to really get girls to the ground the way she should be able to. So I think she's a better level of athlete. I think she's more durable. I think and she should be able to get at least a workmanlike win over Torres. I don't know if it's a spectacular finish, but she should at least be able to get a workmanlike win over her. Okay, that, that's basically what I think, too. Okay, fight number two, which is on the prelims, is uh, Aspen Ladd versus Raquel Pennington. And the original opponent for Aspen was supposed to be Irene Aldana, but she got injured. And so uh, Raquel is stepping in 
on short notice. You know, with Aspen, the thing is, is can she can she make weight without passing out? So that's number one. And if she does, uh, I think she's a better fighter than, than Raquel at this stage if she performs properly, if she wants to perform. Uh, she ends up getting yelled at by Dave West. Well, the problem, the, the problem with Lad is she can't put a whole fight together. She always she'll be losing two rounds and then she'll have a big 30 seconds, 45 seconds. She has never had a consistently good from beginning to end performance in a fight. Raquel Perrin Pennington's the more experienced girl. Raquel Perrin's the got the broader skill sets. The advantages Aspen Ladd has is his punching power, size, and physicality. But those advantages don't mean anything if you're not putting them to bear from the word go until the end of the fight. And even though Raquel's shop-worn a little bit, she's still fairly durable and defensively responsible enough that she can navigate a rough 30 or 45 seconds. The question is, can Aspen Ladd fight a hard 13 minutes and 15 seconds? Or third, or excuse me, fourteen minutes, fifteen seconds. That's been her. That's been her Achilles' heel. She well, can't fight hard for three rounds. She fights in spots. Well, maybe West should yell at her before the fight. How about that? I, I wish she would just fight better, so he didn't have to yell at her at all. Well, it always seems to happen with her, though, Sean. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a character flaw, and it's a flaw that's cost her wins, and it's it's a flaw that at the highest level is going to cost her again. If I have to yell at you every single time to get to do what you're supposed to be doing, that that's a that's an issue within a fighter that a coach can't fix. That's a fighter issue. That's not a coaching issue. That's not a training issue. That's a fighter issue that she needs to get straight because it makes her coach look bad. And it makes her look bad. To me, it makes her look like she's underprepared or mentally checked out. Everybody else, it makes her her boyfriend slash coach look like he's an abusive jerk. So she needs she, if she's tired of getting criticism, fight better, and that won't happen. Which, by the way, he's not. She deserves to get yelled at. Yeah, she's just she's she's not a lazy person, but sometimes she fights in a very she she fights in an entitled manner. She's a person who knows she can finish people. She knows she's a great athlete. She knows she has great physical size. So she. Cadillacs through fights because she knows that if she turns it on for a minute, people. But then sometimes she either doesn't get to it, like when she fought Duran to me, who shut her lights off early, or sometimes she just gets to out hustle for the entirety of a fight, like she did against uh, Dumont. So she needs to get that straightened out. It's making her and it's making her coach look bad. Okay. The third fight on this show is uh, at Strawweight. It's Piera Rodriguez versus Kay Hansen. And Piera, it's her UFC debut, but she was on the Contender Series a few months ago. Uh, she's uh, born in Venezuela, but she lives in Panama. Uh, she trains all over the place, kind of like what we think Valentina does. And um, she's been in the LFA, and she's been in some other companies as well. Uh, we'll have to see how she looks. Uh, Kay Hansen, uh, since she's come to the UFC, she hasn't looked good, Sean. So I don't know, this may be her last kick at the cat. Yeah, Kay Hansen's problems aren't physical. They're not even really technical. She just got she just got a low IQ. She doesn't seem to understand what's happening in a fight, and she always picks the wrong approach to win him. Even in the fight she's won, she hasn't dominated or she hasn't really pulled away. It's been nip and tuck combined her physicality and athleticism. Um I would like to say she's gonna win this fight. She probably should, but given that she seems incapable of making the right under pressure, it's very likely she 
gets out hustled to another decision loss, or or this time serves herself up for a finish. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I really don't have any comment on it. We have to see what Piero looks like. We haven't seen enough of her yet. Okay, got a couple other things I want to uh, talk about. First of all, uh, my buddy Charlie has done a YouTube interview with um, Rinda Kai and her coach, husband, manager, Wild Usami. And that's up on YouTube. I highly recommend you take a look at it. Uh, I don't know if you watched it, Sean. Uh, if you do watch it, don't forget to uh, activate the uh, English captions. Okay, okay. Okay. So the thing I got out of this is she wants to come back to the UFC. And I think she, she can be a contender as a flyweight. But the problem is Usami is a lunatic. Okay, there's something wrong with that guy. All right? And so... I think what she needs to do is get a real manager like Shu Harada, and he can do more for her than Usami can do. Right? Well, because she has because she has a name with some cachet, even an incompetent manager can get get her a certain amount of results. Yeah, so that's the thing there. Okay, a couple of other things. Um, be sure to watch that video because it's pretty good. Uh, a couple of other things. First of all, uh, uh, ATT's Conan Silvera. Uh, did an interview in Brazil, and he said basically the deal with uh, Amanda Nunez is that uh, it wasn't that she was dissatisfied with ATT, it's that she wants to have her own private gym, and that's what she's wanted for a while, so that's what she's done. So people got to understand that this is not a public gym. This is her own private gym, okay? Well, I should have done this earlier, to be quite honest. Sorry, I, I really think she should have done this two or three years ago, waiting after these laws. But that's just me. Okay, well that's fine. And um, Juliana Pena is flapping her gums again. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. And I guess the main thing is that she was bad mouthing Ronda Rousey, blah 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 blah. But the bottom line is this: without Ronda Rousey, Juliana Pena is not in the UFC, period. Yeah, I think I think she's trying to create a narrative where there's interest in maybe Ron coming back or making herself stand out um, some kind of a originator or a pusher of the sport. And I don't understand why she can't do that without taking shots at Ron Rousey. It, it's just it's unnecessary. And at a certain point, it becomes unprofessional. Rousey's level of opposition. Amanda Nunes had dissed Rousey's level of opposition, even though Rousey was, was undefeated against a bunch of girls who beat Amanda Nunes. Um, the thing with Juliana Pena is the thing I dislike about her is she can't seem to make her own name without stepping on somebody else's. She seems unwilling to give anybody else credit for anything being anything contributed to the sport of mixed martial arts. Maybe me wait. But everybody else, she kind of undercuts. She's always had this problem, and uh, she just doesn't know when to shut up. Yeah, and, and and one thing I don't like is the lack of awareness. She's always this person. This person got beat. Well, you got beat too, multiple times. That happened. It's an excuse. Well, I wasn't myself. I wasn't where I should have been at. 
and and it just I don't like the excuse making. I don't mind if you take hard stances, but you're gonna take hard stances with everybody else. Make sure you take a hard stance with yourself, and that's something she's never been very good at. Yeah, I guess not. It really might be a short reign for her. She really might hype herself up and talk herself into a a loss in this rematch when she by all right should win it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Now, Schwan, one other thing I wanted to bring up. I noticed uh, yesterday that um, uh, your your on your other podcast, MMA Ratings, that uh, your uh, partner there, Robbie Garcia, has decided to end it. So you want to yeah. comment on that, please? Yeah, Robbie, I think uh, he uh, lost a little bit of his, his fire for mixed martial arts. I think a lot of it is the endless amount of cards that aren't very good with fighters who maybe shouldn't even be in the UFC or competing in the high levels of mixed martial arts. And I think some of it is just the outside of the fans and some of the, the social and social economic issues that come as a result of the fan base of mixed martial arts. I think it just wore out on him. And I think he, he just needs some time away. And I don't know if it's going to be a permanent time away or time away, but uh, he was a, he's a great co-host. He let me be on the show. He let me, uh, develop an online personality as far as mixed martial arts and he let me speak freely and I, I think if I didn't do that show I don't know that if I ever would have had an opportunity to do this show, do this show. so I'm, I'm forever thankful for him he's a great friend he's a great proponent of mixed martial arts as a competitor as a coach as a media member and I'm, I'm just thankful for the time I have with him and I just hope he has success in whatever he's doing moving forward yeah I guess well we're going to continue with this one uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it uh, do you want to talk about other than that? Uh, no, sir, but thank you for uh, mentioning that. I really appreciate you doing that. And uh, thank you for letting me have a moment to uh, express, uh, you know, how, how much my time on the show um, with him meant to me. Okay. Well, again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. The uh, videos from a couple of weeks ago are up on the blog. And as usual, I will try and get uh, this Saturday's video matches up on the blog Sunday morning. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for uh, this podcast or my blog, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.